0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to America's Web Radio, and welcome back to Billion Dollar Ballers. I'm your host, Jack Christides, and this is the show where we discuss the business of sports from the NCAA all the way up to the Major leagues, and uh, certainly got a lot going on this week. Biggest game of the year is just two days away now. We're going to have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday and in, uh, in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes should be a very good Super Bowl this year. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, and, you know, kind of makes it a special episode of our show. Uh, obviously, one of the biggest sports games of the year, and, and even more so than that, Um, in regards to this show, one of the biggest sports business ventures of the year. Uh, A lot of money exchanges hands on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, We're talking ad revenue. Normally we're talking lots of the fans in the stadium, Uh, obviously, with the coronavirus. We know that through a little bit of a hitch in things this year. But there's still a a good amount of fans that are going to be down in Tampa Bay. I'm sure the local economy will still see some amount of a boost. Um, but perhaps even bigger than that this year, uh, we'll talk about the gambling impact. As we know, gambling has become legal across the United States in many different states. Uh, totally different climate on gambling, sports gambling specifically, um, going around now. So we'll talk a lot about the Super Bowl today. We'll definitely be talking about gambling on the Super Bowl as well, um, But we're not going to talk exclusively about football because there are other things going on. Uh, We've got some NBA drama specifically about their all-star game going around. Um, You know, lots lots of worries there, COVID-related. Some of the players are unhappy. We'll break down a little bit about what we think is going to happen there and exactly what that means and why, Um, if you hadn't heard, I guess this is a little bit of a spoiler, but the NBA who had – initially not planned on having an all-star game they'll be having one so we'll we'll break down why they made that decision and then um after that we're going to talk a little bit about ea sports ncaa football video game uh it's making a comeback and for those of you who don't know that's one of the most popular video games of all time um i've played it myself It's, it's a very very fun game and if you're someone who plays video games when the new game comes out, highly recommend giving that a try. Um, but beyond just being a fun video game, it also has a lot, of, uh, a lot of financial impact. It drives a lot of revenue for EA. And also it, it ties back into the, uh, the name, image, and likeness rights that we've talked about a lot for college athletes on this show. So it is something that's of importance to the sports business world uh, and definitely excited to talk about it. And as usual, we'll finish up with the lightning round. So it, it's going to be a great day with billion-dollar ballers today. Um, and I think no better way to kick it off than, uh, no fun intended, talking about the Super Bowl 55 matchup um, and really the Super Bowl 55 gambling in general. Now, if I were to ask you the question, do you think more or less money has been wagered on the Super Bowl this year? I think your likely answer... Um, could be more. I mean, I mean there's two schools of thought here, right? It's either, well, the pandemic has definitely hit people hard. They probably don't have the money to put on a, to bet on a, a Super Bowl that they normally would. Um, which makes sense. But on the flip side of the coin, you could say, well, I think uh, I think a lot of people are excited for the Super Bowl. It's kind of given them a reason um, to, uh, to watch sports and you know, it's just good to have an event in the middle of the pandemic, keep yourself entertained. Um, but if you were one of those people who said that you think less money had been wagered, you would have been correct. Um, money wagered on Super Bowl Fifty Five is expected to drop over thirty six percent. Should be an estimated four point three billion dollars wagered this weekend. Uh, however, in person bets at sportsbooks are down sixty one percent. Now, obviously, that's to be expected. I think in person everything is down um, because of the pandemic. So. Uh, interesting note, though that that's a massive drop thirty six point seven percent drop in the amount of money wagered. Um, that's uh, that's pretty pretty interestingly low. Um, on the flip side, there was a survey by Front Office Sports of a little over two thousand adults, and that showed that seven point six million people plan to place place a bet with an online sportsbook for Super Bowl Fifty Five. Now that's actually a sixty-three percent increase over a year ago. So, um, in layman's terms, what we're seeing is less overall money on the game right now, but more overall betters. Uh, and obviously, I mean that's that makes sense. We've seen um, sports books become legal in a number of various states, so we've seen a lot more people have access to gambling. That coupled with less money uh, into people's pockets because of the coronavirus, and we start to understand what's going on here. Um, something interesting, though, is the obvious uptick in legal gambling. Uh, it's always hard to, uh, to figure out exactly what is going on in the gambling world in sports uh, because so much of a percentage of the gambling that occurs and so many of the bets that are thrown on this not just the Super Bowl, I mean, everything in general, happened through illegal channels. Um, I'm no saint. I myself have gambled illegally. I hope I didn't just incriminate myself, but it's true. Uh, I think a lot of people out there have, and it, it's just people love to gamble. People have always loved to gamble. Um, I mean, obviously, we, we want to recommend that people gamble responsibly and, and don't go outside your means if you do partake, but it's, it's an American pastime, and it's something that a lot of people enjoy. And until recently, access was so restricted, uh, depending on where you are, I mean, not everyone wants to drive to a casino and, and put a bet in at a sports book when they could call up their local bookie and figure it out that way. But I do think we're seeing a transition um, to a lot more legal gambling, thanks to, and finally the government figured out people are going to do this anyway, so we might as well make it legal. Um, so, I mean, great to see um, that people are transitioning to the legal channels. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, if you if you wanted to know about the lines, the Bucks are uh, plus three and a half. If you're not familiar with gambling, um, the Bucks are if the Bucks lose uh, by three and a half or less, they will cover the spread. Um, if they lose by more than that. Obviously, they would fail to cover the spread. So that means the Kansas City Chiefs are the favorite. Understandably, pretty high-powered offense. Mahomes, Kelsey Hill, uh, but they're going up against Tom Brady. So anything can happen. Uh, going to be very interesting to watch. Should be a great game. Um, and speaking of gambling on the Super Bowl, is anyone out there familiar with Matrix Mac? I didn't even know his real name until I, until I looked into it today. It's uh, Mattress Mac, if you're not familiar, famous gambler. Uh, his real name is Jim Mackingvale. And he is famous for betting incredibly large sums on very big sporting events. Uh, hence the name Mattress Mac. You know, he's got millions under his mattress. He bets $3.46 million this year on the underdog Tampa Bay Buccaneers to cover the three-and-a-half-point Super Bowl spread. Uh, Now, I just think this is an incredible story. He owns a Houston furniture store. um, And the way that he does these huge bets is he does deals in his mattress store where, for example, if you spend $3,000 or more um, and the Bucs win the Super Bowl, he'll refund you that $3,000 that you spent in his store. Now, here's the kick. He gambles $3.46 million of his own money, presumably in extra money earned, extra revenue driven, from this deal. Um, and he bets the other side. So essentially, he's probably about breaking even no matter what. Uh, all the while, getting an insane amount of free marketing. So just a genius concept, Uh by basically, his bets are covered by the extra revenue from his store. And if he loses, uh, he doesn't really lose. He just breaks even um, by paying back everybody that $3.46 million. So great idea, some free marketing. One of the cooler stories that I've ever seen. Uh, if Tampa Bay does, in fact, win, he would earn an extra $2.72 million dollars that is if Tampa Bay covers the spread. Um, I mean, he's a clear Tom Brady supporter. Um, The last time he did this was actually the 2019 World Series, uh, where he had more than $11 million in play, including a $3.5 million futures bet on the Astros that he placed with DraftKings. Uh, Just crazy money here. Don't go throwing around uh, that kind of money. This this guy's getting free marketing out of it, so it kind of makes sense for him, but for the average person, I mean, come on. What a a ridiculous bet. I mean, it'll be fun to follow, though. So if Tampa Bay does win, uh, make sure in the back of your mind to remember that Mattress Mac is a happy man. Um, That being said... uh, The Super Bowl is expected to be the largest single-event legal handle in American sports betting history. Um, So, again, the most legally gambled-on sports event in history. Uh, And DraftKings will be advertising during the game. We've seen FanDuel advertising prior to the game. Um, Legal sports betting really taking a lot of the limelight right now. And another company that we've talked about before, Barstool Sportsbook, so under the ticker Penn Gaming uh, if you're an investor, They've just been exploding lately. Um, They've been making so much progress. I mean, their shareholder price has gone up. The stock price is up at like $117, where I think it was like around $50 uh, just a few months ago. So... They're growing incredibly fast I'm sure people will be betting on that platform for the Super Bowl There's really so many different avenues that you can bet so uh, that'll that'll conclude the coverage of the gambling on the Super Bowl but something that needed to be talked about a huge trend in professional sports and the business of professional sports as well uh, yeah going to be great to see great to track we'll see who wins and loses money come Sunday uh, but just remember to enjoy the game regardless of the amount of money you're winning or losing or not gambling. You know, you don't have to gamble. I I will, but you don't have to. (laughs) Um, With that being said, I already talked about it a little bit, but a quick review of our next segment. Um, LeBron James went off last night, uh, both on the court and off the court. On the court, leading a furious comeback over the Denver Nuggets uh, in an outstanding performance that might be – Uh, pushing his name close to the front-runner for MVP. Meanwhile, off the court, uh, he was asked questions about the All-Star game. And I'm not going to tell you exactly what he said right now, but I will say he was not extremely happy about the circumstances right now. So we'll talk LeBron James, we'll talk NBA, we'll talk All-Star weekend uh, right after a short break.
0: Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy, or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome back to Billion Dollar Ballers, and welcome back to some NBA coverage. Uh, NBA's been doing pretty well this year. Uh, No complaints from the league side until they mention the All-Star Game. Now, I'll get into exactly what's happening with LeBron and the other players and the All-Star Game coming up uh, in just a second here, but I do want to take us back a few months to the start of the NBA season. The Los Angeles Lakers, the Miami Heat, coming off just 71 days rest, an incredibly short uh, off-season for them, Uh, and and reasonably they had a lot of concerns about coming back that early. I mean, we're talking injuries, we're talking mental fatigue, uh, just general fatigue, uh, lack of quality play, a lot of potential issues there. And one of the things the NBA said to these players, and not only to the the Heat and the Lakers, but to other playoff teams who also had a very short layoff, um, one of the things that they assured them was, we won't be having an all-star break. You know, uh, you'll get a nice five-day break uh, from around the 10th to the 15th of February, and uh, you won't have to play an All Star weekend, and that can be added as extra downtime to make up for the shortened um, to make up for the shortened offseason. Now, recently, they completely 180. Uh, they announced they're going to have an All Star game. They opened up All Star voting. They did the opposite of what they said was going to be the case, and I'll get into why they did it. It makes sense. I understand why they're doing it. I think the players, and I think a lot of fans do. And if you don't, we'll we'll educate you here in a second. But it doesn't mean that the players should be happy about it. In fact, I don't think the players should be happy about it at all. LeBron James doesn't want an NBA All Star Game in 2021. Uh, it has the game has little support from most of the big players. But on Thursday the NBA released the first returns for All-Star voting. And the reason I'm bringing up LeBron James is he led the Western Conference with over 2.2 million votes. And he probably wishes he had zero. Uh, The reason I say that is, and I'll read some of his quotes in a minute, he does not want to do the All-Star game whatsoever. He said, quote, I have zero energy and zero excitement about an All-Star game this year. I don't even understand why we're having an all-star game, but it is the agreement that the Players Association and the league came about. End quote. A couple important things in that quote. One, he doesn't want to do it. He's not excited about it. He doesn't understand why they're doing it. Two, it is something the Players Association agreed to. Now this is the kicker here. I don't think anyone thinks this is a good idea except for the league and it's money-driven owners. But if the Players Association agreed to it, that's that's on the players. I mean, LeBron's in the Players Association. If he he felt a big problem, he should have stepped up and said something. And maybe he did. But they didn't stop it and they agreed to it. So there's no one to blame but the players. Now, I get it. LeBron says that uh, he was going to use... The five days or so is an opportunity to to recalibrate um, for the second half of the season and and some of the other guys in the league and and to allow the Stars to get rest. Um, And now they're throwing in an all-star game and it obviously is is breaking up that opportunity. Uh, LeBron also said quote, it's pretty much a slap in the face and we're also still dealing with the pandemic, still dealing with everything going on. We're going to bring the whole league into one city that's open end quote. Uh, he's right again. I mean, they're going to bring the whole league, all the all-stars into one city, probably with a few fans, a city that has not been quarantining um, in a league where there have already been so many COVID scares, so many delayed games. I mean, the potential for something to go wrong here is massive. Uh, I think it's very likely that people catch COVID because of this. I mean... I mean, it's just its not a good idea. Um, Now I'll give you about three seconds to think uh, and maybe answer to yourself here before I say it out loud. Why do you think they're having an All-Star Game? Well, if you said money, you'd be right. Um, The All-Star Game is a revenue driver, and the NBA can't afford to lose more money. Uh, They can't afford to not have an All-Star Game. Uh, The NBA clearly values money more than anything. Uh, So it is a risky game. It does go against everything the NBA tries to stand for and has been standing for for the last few months. We're talking about a league that had a literal playoff bubble at massive expense. But the NBA will risk it all uh, when it comes to making money. Uh, and it really is a lot of money, a ton of money. I mean, it gets bigger and bigger every year. So I'll I'll talk a little bit about last year's All-Star game. And you know what, we'll go back two years. Uh, We'll go back two years just because, again, last year was a little bit of a weird year. Over the years, Turner, uh, TNT, the broadcasting company for the NBA, and, and the NBA itself, They've turned the game into a weekend-long event. Um, there's always more and more going on. It always sells well in person. Uh, last, uh, two years ago, the All-Star game generated $45 million in just ad revenues. Uh, Turner took another $16 million in for the Saturday's activities, uh, which is like the skills challenge and the dunk contest and stuff. $5 million on Friday, um, Friday revenues, and again, that's like the rising stars in the, in the rookie game. So that's a grand total of sixty-six million, just from broadcasting uh, for the event. I mean, that's a lot of money. Um, and it keeps the NBA in the headlines even during Super Bowl week, which it tends to be right around. It does bring attention to the game, including internationally, um, as we know. The Rising Stars Challenge is USA versus World, so it's a good way to highlight foreign markets. And um, it does broadcast across. Different, um, all different countries and regions in the world. Also, there, there's an eSports activation uh, with the NBA 2K League, uh, which goes to further drive revenue and further bring um, exposure and growth to, to an area of the league that is probably a little underappreciated right now. Um, so the money-making opportunities are just... They're crazy. I mean, there's so many ways that they can make money doing this. And uh, I see why they're doing it. Um, But that being said, it is so, so, so risky. Um, I mean, I'm really torn because... As we just talked about, I mean, over $60 million in just ad revenue, not to mention the fact I'm sure they'll have at least some fans in there. You would think it'll boost the local economy. Um, not to mention, with everything that's going on in China with the NBA right now, uh, the fact that the uh, Daryl Morey, I know this is a long time ago now, but it's still affecting things, the Daryl Morey comments on the Hong Kong protest, still managing to cause issues for the NBA in China right now. Uh, All-Star Weekends probably the event that, outside of the NBA Finals, draws the most in- attention internationally. Um, so it's not just about the money they're making now, it's about the money that they can potentially make later because of this. So I see exactly why they're doing it. However, look at the NFL. And now I understand the Pro Bowl is not as big of an event and doesn't necessarily always do as well as the uh, All-Star Weekend. But the NFL didn't have a Pro Bowl. And it survived. Uh, it it found ways to drive revenue. Um, NFL and NBA—they're both businesses. Uh, the, the NFL did some some virtual things, some video games, some interviews, some online things. It was fine. They're surviving. Um, but as they say, hindsight is twenty twenty. So if they make it out of this unscathed, I don't see an issue. Um, if. If there are no COVID-positive tests, if no All-Stars come out looking fatigued after the weekend, if, if we don't see any problems, uh, then they generated revenue, and that's great for them. But if there are COVID cases that pop up because of this, if there is worse play in the second half of the season, if there are superstars sitting out, or if there are superstars getting injured, if you end LeBron James, if you end Kawhi Leonard, if, if you end Steph Curry's career because of this, I know it sounds a bit dramatic, but um, it's always a possibility. Um, you can always have injuries, especially when you're overworking players. Was it worth it? Was it worth the 60 $70 million in, in ad revenue? And we'll just have to wait and see. Um, so that, that's all I had on the NBA and, and All-Star weekend. Other than that, NBA is continuing to do pretty well right now. Um, ratings are decently high, good quality, good parity in the league. Um one through four in the East and the Western Conference seem to be pretty close to each other right now. That's good to see. I actually think the level of basketball has been higher than I anticipated for this year, uh, at least thus far. So great to see. Um, and we don't really have anything to talk about for college basketball on today's show. I did want to mention it briefly. Uh, college basketball has been been actually able to chug along fairly well lately. The COVID seems to have... Uh, kind of it out just a bit, at least in the college basketball circle. Uh, we'll talk more next week as, as we approach the NCAA tournament, talk a little bit about how things look, how conference tournaments are shaping up after uh, after the, the bit of panic with some of the teams stepping down, things like that. But uh, that's all our basketball coverage for today. For our next segment, we're going to jump back into football, talk EA Sports, NCAA football video game, one of my all-time Favorite video games. Um, it's going to be really fun to talk about, uh, and it, it draws back into again one of our biggest topics. Has always been one of our biggest topics, but now it's thrust into the limelight. Excuse me, thrust into the limelight yet again. Uh, name, image, and likeness. Will they be able to use name, image, and likeness immediately? And when they are able to use it what will that look like? Are they going to be able to make the most of it? a uh, lot of questions, but something that's certainly exciting to talk about right now. Um, and I, I'm not, I think I may have said it on the show. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, maybe hit me on the Twitter if I didn't initially, but, uh, this is something that I, I personally have been excited for for years. Um, and I'll get into more of the details on how I'm involved in this um, in quite a bit. But back when I was at the University of Michigan, I was a huge proponent of the fact that this was likely going to happen and that people needed to get ahead of this um, because it's going to be a revenue driver and it's going to be something that's huge for partnership opportunities um, and the advancement of college football, student-athlete rights, uh, so many different things on that front so kind of a lengthy preview there but it's going to be a long segment as well so i want to make sure we cover everything and uh we'll do that right after another short break my name is kyle hayes a motorsports student at alfred state college every year alfred state students compete in the great race which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles as you can imagine it's pretty costly i'm asking for your help Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. Hey, folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor Show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor Show. Remember, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right, and you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctors' Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome back to the third segment today on Billion Dollar Ballers. Uh, No introduction needed. We already talked about it. EA Sports college football video game. It's coming back, folks. EA Sports is rebooting its college football series for next-generation consoles. Uh, that's the Xbox Series X and S, along with the PlayStation 5. It announced Tuesday it will end the hiatus the game has taken. Um, and, and it's crazy to think this, because I swear it was just yesterday that I was playing this game, but uh, they haven't released one of these games since NCAA football 14. That's when Michigan quarterback Bernard Robinson was on the cover. Tenard Robinson, I mean, I've been a lifelong Michigan football fan. Uh, kind of crazy to think he was the last one on the cover. There's still a lot to sort out uh, about what the game will look like, what its structure will be, uh, and even when it will be available. But college football is eventually coming back to gaming consoles, uh, And there's a, there's a lot to unpack here. The most obvious, I would think, of which, and the first thing that I thought about, is why is EA Sports bringing this video game back right now, um, after all these years? Now, since the last edition of the game in the 2013 season, uh, there's been discussion within EA Sports of relaunching it. Now, at the time of its discontinuation, it was a very popular, very, very popular video game. Uh, Obviously, they wanted to bring it back forever. Uh, they dropped Easter eggs pointing to the possibility of bringing it back. Uh, in the last two editions of Madden, some college football programs were actually in there. If you played Face of the Franchise in Madden, you uh, played with some college teams. Uh, and EA Sports vice president and general manager Daryl Holt told ESPN, um, "It wasn't like they didn't do that as a test run. They didn't do that on purpose. But it, there was so much positive feedback." Uh, It actually sparked a movement where people were re-downloading the NCAA 14 game. uh, And I don't even know how they do this. I'm not necessarily the most up-to-date on the technical aspects of it, but people were, like, taking the 14 game and trying to to change the code of it to to make it. They were just trying to do it themselves, basically, make it a new game. Um, And and EA realized the demand has never been higher, so they're going to figure it out. Uh, if you're wondering when you can play the game yourself, that's to be determined. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done. They just made the announcement um, at this point. No one would comm- no one at EA has committed uh, to when the game would return, or even a launch date. Um, but it is a commitment that the game will return. Um, I think we can guarantee it won't happen this year, though. Uh, the turnaround on this video games is not nearly that quick. So you got a while to wait, but you can still get excited. Another reason they might have brought it back right now, uh, we talked about the name, image, and likeness laws in the NCAA now. uh, Those rules haven't really been passed entirely. So, uh, under current NCAA rules, EA Sports can't pay players to use their name, image, and likeness in the game. Um, If those rules are still in effect when the game is released, EA plans to include real details. I mean, they'll have team names, they'll have mascots, they'll have uniforms, but they can't resemble the real players on the roster. I mean, there's easy workarounds to this. You just build the players exactly how they are on the teams, rate the teams like they are in real life, and name them Joe Smith. Uh, Just change their names and change their numbers, um, but make it obvious who they are. You know what I mean? So, that's an easy workaround. Um, something to track. I mean, if the rules change, then they'll be able to put the players in. They'll have to pay the players. Obviously, it'll be a little more expensive, but it's doable. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. So, something we're going to have to file. Um, the reason the game actually got shut down initially, uh, when it stopped, when EA announced it would stop making the game in 2013. Uh, It was shortly before the company agreed to pay part of a $40 million settlement to former college players to settle a lawsuit filed by former UCLA basketball player Ed O'Bannon, which argued it was illegal for EA Sports to sell a game with characters that looked similar to real athletes without paying those athletes. Um, I mean, super, super sad for the fans of the game, obviously. Um... But perhaps even more importantly, a huge loss of revenue um, for EA. I mean, this is a game that have been doing $80 million a year in revenue on the sale of roughly 2 million units. So that's a massive, massive video game with a huge audience um, and a game that the fans really love. So we'll see exactly what's going to happen. Um, but right now, EA is working with the Collegiate Licensing Company, that's CLC. Uh, they're the licensing partner for a ton of schools. Um, they're working with them on securing the use of stadiums, uniforms, mascot traditions, and names. Uh, they're going to have over 100 FBS teams, apparently. Um, and, and eventually, it's supposedly going to have a tie-in to Madden. Now, back in the day... Um, you could actually play a career in the NCAA game, and at the end of your career, if you bought the Madden game, take your player into Madden and play a Madden career. So that's pretty cool, Um, another great feature. But I want to talk about uh, why we're talking about this. Outside of the fact that it's a revenue driver, it's obviously a revenue driver. Why are we talking about this on this show? Obviously, it relates to the name, image, and likeness. That's a no-brainer. Um, And and it could move the needle on that. We could see that accelerated by EA with a major corporation now backing uh, name, image, and likeness rights for the players. But, um, again, while I was at the University of Michigan, me and a couple other students, uh, we had the opportunity to pitch Visa on a potential future partnership, a sports-related partnership. And and we pitched the top executives at Visa, and our discussion was, um, since Visa was interested in uh, getting involved in the, the video game uh, atmosphere, obviously a massive ecosystem uh, with tons and tons of revenue, um, one of the fastest growing sports in the world. And uh, our recommendation was that Visa partner with EA Sports for the sole reason, that we anticipated the NCAA video game would be making a comeback. All signs pointed to this. Extremely popular game, name, image, and likeness laws changing. And our whole point was if you were able to get on, in on this early, you could make a whole lot of money by partnering with them and sponsoring the NCAA video game. I'm not bringing this up to tell you, oh, I knew it was going to come back. Oh, we all knew Visa should have listened to No, I'm telling you this because they didn't do it, and now someone will. The opportunities for major brands to become involved in this video game are endless. It's one thing for a major brand to partner with the NCAA and to partner with college football. You start partnering with the video game edition of college football, Every single little kid that is playing this game, everyone between the ages of 8 and 18, 8 and 28, all of those people, if you're partnered with this video game, and it's going to be millions of people, I mean, we saw $80 million of spend on this game in 2013, you can only imagine now, millions of people are going to see your brand. So I would expect very large companies to express an interest to become involved Uh, in this video game. It'll be interesting to see exactly how that works out, um, especially considering the name, image, and likeness laws. It's going to be a little tricky to figure that one out, but, I mean, this is going to move the needle. Expect some major businesses to become involved, some major organizations to become involved. Um, So, obviously... I mean, the first step was the partnership with the CLC, Uh, so now they can design, plan, build. I would expect to hear uh, an announced release date probably in about 8 to 12 months on this, so it's something that we'll probably continue to talk about on this show. I was really anxious to give it a full segment today because... I think it's huge, not only for name, image, and likeness, but, again, for video games, uh, sports business, partnerships, so many different things. But uh, Big, big news out of the sports world, out of the video game world. Um, I could not be happier. Um, It's going to be great to see. Um, And one last quick note on the name, image, and likeness. NCAA President Mark Emmert, he said to a group of sports editors in New York, that was about 10 days ago um, before they unveiled this to the committee, he said, quote, we're at a place right now where I strongly believe that we need to be more proactive in looking at and exploring what could or couldn't occur regarding athletes' name, image, and likeness, end quote. So if the president of the NCAA seems optimistic that we're going to explore future opportunities for athletes to get compensated, for their name, image, and likeness. And now they announced a brand new video game that would greatly benefit from that as well, uh, as would the NCAA. I mean, the NCAA would make a lot of money uh, if they could license um, name, image, and likeness of players uh, through this video game. So if I had to guess, I'm expecting um, name, image, and likeness rights to move along quickly because of this announcement. Now. That will conclude our coverage of the uh, of the NCAA video game. Um, and before we do, we are going to go to a break soon, but before we do that, I do want to say that um, before moving into this lightning round today, I'm kind of wavering on the lightning round, so I would like some, um, some listener advice on this one. I think it's great. Obviously, we enjoy talking about as many topics as we can possibly cover, um, and and that allows us to do that. But if you would prefer to hear, um, instead of that whole sea of topics at the end of the show, if you would prefer me to talk about one single topic and expand upon it more, um, let me know. I mean, there's no shortage of major sports stories out there. There's no shortage of things I could talk about um, for 15 minutes at a time. Um, but, again, I do like to cover a whole host of different things. I think it allows us to get some more perspective on things. But um, always open to suggestions, always open um, to seeing what people have to say on that front. Um, with that being said, I think now we'll send it to, uh, to our last short break before jumping into uh, an extra-long lightning round today.
0: Whether well, cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy, listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome back to America's Web Radio. Welcome back to Billion Dollar Ballers. And welcome back to our final segment, the lightning round. Uh, A lot to cover today in the lightning round. I do have a few more um, Super Bowl topics that we are going to discuss. We'll start it off. Um, with Tony Romo and Jim Nance uh, ready for a Super Bowl, quote-unquote, do-over. CBS has hosted more Super Bowls than any network, and Tony Romo says this year's game could be one of the greatest matchups in sports history. Uh, This is the 21st time CBS has hosted the Super Bowl since 1967, and it hopes the matchup between Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady will fare better than the last one it broadcast. Uh, that was in 2019. Uh, the Patriots versus the Rams. Tom Brady, again, was in the Super Bowl. Uh, it was a 13-3 to win by the Patriots, uh, and it was Jim Nance's first time calling a Super Bowl with Tony Romo. Now, they're obviously incredible announcers, um, but they were a little upset about that 13-3 to win. They, it was a little bit of a dud Super Bowl, if you'll remember. It's not that entertaining... And Nance said that he's hoping it won't happen here. Uh, they don't think it'll happen again. Uh, they almost couldn't write a better script going into this game, so I, I would expect a high-scoring game as well. Uh, I think it'll be good for NBC, good for all the teams that are marketing. Um, and obviously, I mean, Nance and Romo are, are some of the most popular, um, some of the most popular announcers in the sports world, so I think they'll perform well. Now, um, talking more about CBS, in some ways CBS lucked out here. NBC was originally slated to host this year's Super Bowl, with CBS planning to take 2022. Now, the networks came to an agreement to swap the two years. Um, that, that was uh, two years ago for mutually beneficial reasons. Um, that being that NBC gets to pair the Super Bowl with the 2022 Winter Olympics next year. And CBS gets to do the same with this year's Super Bowl and March Madness and avoid competing with the Olympics. So beneficial for both both networks, but uh, I'd say CBS really lucked out in getting a Brady Mahomes Super Bowl. I think this will be one of the most watched Super Bowls in a long time. So congrats to CBS on that one. Now a little more on Jim Nance. Um, It turns out ESPN is interested in CBS's Jim Nance. Uh, He's seen as a possible face of ESPN's NFL and Masters coverage. Um, However, CBS has countered and said that they expect him to be at CBS for many years to come. Uh, There has been an impasse in contract negotiations between Nance and CBS Sports, um, so it'll be interesting to see if ESPN is able to sway him at all uh, he will be hitting the announcer's free agency market this summer. Um, and obviously, uh, Walt Disney is poised to land one uh, and maybe two NFL TV packages. So putting Nance on the mic as an ABC slash ESPN broadcaster uh, for future Super Bowls could be huge. Um, we'll see what happens. I have no insight here. I have no idea what's going to happen. I honestly don't even have an opinion but uh, an interesting story to track nonetheless. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the ad landscape of the Super Bowl. Uh, we've talked about it before, a little bit of a shake-up. Uh, obviously, brands are paying uh, a little over $5 million per 30-second spots this year. We talked about that last week. Coca-Cola and Budweiser not running ads during this year's game, um, but it's some of the newer companies that are that's uh, interesting people. Um there are going to be fewer movie trailers, uh, as to be expected. I mean, the film industry as a whole is pretty down right now. Uh, and an influx of tech companies. So we'll see some unique ads. Um, first-time advertisers include Uber Eats, Chipotle, and Robin Hood. Um, and it's it's going to be interesting. It has been the first time um, in over a decade where the cost of a Super Bowl ad dipped year over year. Um, pretty crazy to see and. In 2010, uh, Super Bowl ad spot was $2.7 million. It's uh, steadily risen until this year's $100,000 drop to about $5.5 million. Um, so uh, interesting to see. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything. I have seen some of these ads already. Uh, there are some great ads this year. I mean, some really funny things from some brands that I, I didn't think would ever advertise at a Super Bowl um, and the only hint I'll give you is get ready to see some familiar faces that you have not seen in quite a while. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of new new companies uh, making waves in sports, StockX uh, announced they'll be the official jersey partner for the NBA G League's Ignite team. Um, we've been covering these jersey patch partners for a long time now. I always try to bring it up when a new one comes in. StockX, going to be huge exposure. Great company. It makes a lot of sense for them to be involved in sports. I've done some close work with uh, StockX back when I was at the Chargers, helping to try to form a partnership with them there. They're a great company. Um, I like all the people there. And, again, a good young company that a lot of athletes are involved in. Um, As we know, fashion and sports go hand-in-hand, so I think it's a great fit. Good to see them getting involved here. Uh, This isn't even relevant to sports business, but um, it's been blowing up my Twitter, so I figured I should mention it. It is the first time in Super Bowl history that both offenses will be coordinated by black men. Um, So for those who are saying there's a lack of... uh, Lack of inclusion in the NFL right now. That's a good uh, step in the right direction, I suppose. Uh, Julio Jones is opening a Kia car dealership in Alpharetta uh, next summer. It'll be his third dealership in addition to Julio Jones Kia and Julio Jones Mazda, uh, both in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, Another great story of a pretty prominent NFL player getting involved in business. Seems like athletes and car dealerships go uh, go as far back as the chicken and the egg. So, um, no surprise to see someone doing that, but good to see. Um, Draymond Green, uh, face of the NBA's new Boss NBA Capsule Collection, um, another co-branded fashion and NBA venture. Um, it's going to include the NBA logo as well as nine team logos. Um, And Draymond Green, I think, is a good person to bring uh, bring that into the limelight. So good to see there. More athlete investment. Dak Prescott has invested in sports medicine startup Oxfit. I'll be honest, I didn't do a whole lot of research on this one. I don't even really know what Ox is, uh, but sports medicine startup uh, that Dak Prescott's getting involved in. So if you're a Dak Prescott fan, if you've heard of Oxfit, if you just like athlete involvement in uh, in startups, then uh, feel free to check that out. Uh, one of the bigger stories here, Under Armour. Under Armour has ended its licensing deal with the NFL. This one's a big one. Uh, Tom Brady was really uh, a big player in this one, as was Patrick Mahomes. Um, it's coming as... Under Armour's planning on restructuring its business model a bit. Um, so it will be ending its on-field licensing contract with the NFL. Um, it's focusing on becoming a performance brand, is what they were saying. Um, products with the company's logo are going to be barred from being worn or displayed on the field during NFL games. Um, Under Armour also terminated multiple collegiate contracts in the last year. Uh, they cut ties with Cal. That was a 10-year, $85 million deal. Um, they left their fifteen two hundred dollars deal with UCLA, and they paid $9.75 million to exit the 10-year $50 million deal with Cincinnati. Um, in 2019, Under Armour also backed out of a deal to provide MLB uniforms, saying it would save the company 50000000 million. Uh, I'm going to have to look into this more. This may get a full segment um, on one of our future shows. It's just crazy to me how much Under Armour seems to be leaving on the table here. Retail's been taking a big hit, uh, obviously, during the coronavirus pandemic, so I could see Under Armour kind of bleeding right now and needing to get out of some of these deals. But um, between losing the MLB uniform deal, the the NFL deal, and a bunch of their collegiate deals, um, and obviously they do not have a big presence in the NBA, Uh, it'll be interesting to see where Under Armour goes from here. I don't really see a pathway for them, um, at least in representation on court or on field for quite some time now. Um, so I'm not exactly positive what becoming a performance brand means, but it'll be interesting to see what they shift into. They're obviously a huge player still in lacrosse and hockey, um, so maybe they're just shifting their attention there. Uh, we'll see, um... Very interesting to note, though. It's something that's gone pretty much under the radar, um, the NFL uh, and Under Armour's agreement, uh, naturally, as we're moving towards the Super Bowl, but something that I, I wanted to uh, to bring up a little bit. Um, let's talk about those billionaire owners. Why not? It's billion-dollar ballers, right? Uh, team owners' wealth has grown 30% in the pandemic, a recent study found. Um, 64 owners across all four major sports leagues I've seen their combined net worths increase from $325 billion to $426 billion. Um, now, this is something that obviously makes sense. I mean, I've been talking about this since the very beginning of the show. Um, yes, the pandemic has been horrible. Yes, the pandemic has been causing um, a lot of hurt, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of pain to a lot of people. It's also been a massive opportunity, a massive opportunity. You've got to remember these owners are businessmen. Um, While the leagues may not be doing so well, there's a lot of business to be done because of the pandemic. As I always like to say, as I always like to say, when things change for better or for worse in a large way, there is opportunity. I mean, and there was plenty of opportunity here. Now, when we talk about, for example, the Glazer family, they own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're listed at a net worth of $1.7 billion. Uh, and the Hunt family, they own the Kansas City Chiefs with a listed net worth of $6.3 billion. The Glazer family owns real estate companies. Uh, they own First Allied Corporation, and they also own Manchester United. The Hunt family is involved in the oil and gas business, as well as a number of other professional sports teams in more minor capacities. These people are billion-dollar ballers. They make money hand over fist, no matter what, year in, year out, so you can bet that if their teams are losing money, they're finding some way to make up for that. So. Uh, When you're watching the Super Bowl this weekend And when you're watching any sporting event And we'll close our show with this Just remember that Behind the game There are these Billion dollar ballers These billionaire businessmen Making their money through all sorts of different ways Making every single decision Driving how the sport looks And really they're the reason that you're watching What you're watching So uh, Don't forget that don't forget the billion-dollar ballers. Uh, with that being said, that'll conclude the lightning round for today. Um, it's been a great show today. Talked about a lot of things. Um, talked Super Bowl, NBA, obviously, NCAA, and then the lightning round. Um, we're going to have a lot more to talk about next week as our focus will shift more to collegiate athletics following um, the Super Bowl. Um, I'm sure we'll touch again on the NBA All-Star Game. Um and uh, I'd like to get back into um, some of our discussion that we've had in the past of uh, some, some of the uh, celebrity fights that are coming up. We've got Floyd Mayweather fighting Logan Paul soon. Uh, that was delayed a little bit, but that's going to be one of the biggest celebrity events in a while. Um, we've got golf to talk. We've got, we've got a whole lot to talk about in, in the next couple of weeks of the program. Um, but as always, It's been great to have you here today. I hope you enjoy the Super Bowl. Um, Again, if you're going to gamble on the Super Bowl, gamble responsibly. Um, But I think it'll be a great one. So have a great weekend, everyone. Uh, This has been Billion Dollar Ballers on America's Web Radio. I'm Jack Christides, and we'll be right here with you again next week at 9 a.m. Eastern. You're listening to America's Web
0: Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.